Dude, I've done about a thousand plus podcasts now. And I honestly <laughs> think this was the craziest story that I've heard on a podcast. I'm not kidding. Yeah, right like now. That's, you were near death, dude. Like yeah. Hey everybody, welcome to It's Just Bodybuilding episode 128. Myself, Big Ron Partlow. Of course, I'm here with Dusty Hanshaw, our producer, Scott McNally. And on today's show, we have IFBB Pro Justin Shire. How's it going, my friend? It's going good. How are you guys doing? It's, uh, it's nice to have a guest again. It's been a while. we got to remind everybody yeah. to uh, like, share, subscribe, comment, and ring the bell. Good job, Dusty. There you go. <laughs> So, uh, so Justin, back from the Arnold, what was your yeah. first Arnold as a big-time contract bodybuilding <laughs> star? Famous. It was good. It was good. I, uh, I didn't expect to be taking so many pictures and signing babies' foreheads and <laughs> all that Sometimes stuff. Sometimes the really baby beautiful. needs to be signed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was really cool. But it, it definitely showed kind of the power of these podcasts, didn't it? It it absolutely did. I mean, Dusty and I talked yeah. all weekend about how blown away we were. I can only imagine. Yeah, I know I know what I know what Fuad's views are with how much effort he's putting into those. So, I can only imagine yeah. what your guys's uh fan experience was like as well. Um cuz we were just yeah. blown away with it it was like the only thing anyone talked to us about. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I know we're uh, walking through the expo and I'm walking through with Hunter Labrada and Ben and then we get approached and get asked for a photo while Hunter Labrada's right there. They didn't care about Hunter. It was funny. I told a story last uh, show how um, these girls handed their cameras to Chris Aceto for him to take a photo of us. Yeah, yeah, and there's awesome. Chris Aceto with these cameras taking pictures of me with these girls that listen to the show. It was hilarious to me. Yeah, I just no, found I it no idea. <laughs> none, none. Yeah, it, it happened. It happened to Paul. He was with uh, Victor Martinez, and some kids came up and handed his camera to Victor and said, "Will you take a picture of me, and Paul?" <laughs> oh my God, the world okay. has changed. The world has changed. Wow, like it's upside. It's upside down, man. <laughs> yeah yeah um did you also notice um the big thing that that we noticed that we talked about a lot was how you know before when we would go to expos because dusty and i've been doing this since like 2011 eh? 2010 yeah. we've been doing all these expos oh yeah and, and and um it used to be people would come up to us and they'd talk to us about you know what they saw us through which was like the mutant content or dusty you know dusty's i4 stuff in the early days or whatever right yeah, but but now they come up and they talk to us about like they talk to me about movies and music, right? Because that's what they know now about me. Yeah, yeah, and it it makes it so much easier to have like real right. conversations with people because they're not just like those old like fan sponsor conversations. Sure. They're now like, you, yeah, you don't actually know anything about the athlete. Yeah, this is a great yeah, way and, to to connect with people and have, have like genuine interaction. Uh, yeah. I, I noticed and, and, the same thing. Yeah. And it makes it more fun for you too. Right. You know, you're, yeah. Definitely. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's not the same thing all the time. It's not such a, yeah, a forced interaction. You can actually just genuinely talk about what you like and, and people like you for what you are. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. 
So what do people, what do people bring up when they talk to you? What did you notice? Was there a trend? You know, there wasn't much of a trend. I, I mean, people kind of gravitate towards me, I think, because of training a lot. That seems to be when I get a lot of D, when I get DMs from people, it seems to be about training. So that's mm-hmm, kind of right. the, the, the niche that I have. Um, you know, but aside from that, like who F- podcast is just so obscure and silly and we just talk about the dumbest stuff. So it's, you know, like I did a Q and a last night and I used to get normal questions in my Q and a now I don't get normal questions. <laughs> yeah. You know? I was going to tell you what I do a Q and a, and it's all the same stuff. And I put up, what do you guys want to know from Justin? And I mean, you know, one of the first ones I read was, would you rather have dicks for fingers or vaginas for ears for the rest of your life? And I was like, okay, what is yeah, this guy that's, into? That's my people. <laughs> that's that's what you bring. That's the market you bring. Yeah, exactly. Your wife is going to be so proud. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, what, what about... What about uh, you know, is there anything like, you know, people are calling Paul Uncle June and that sort of stuff. Is there anything that you're getting from people? I don't know. Oh, anything man. You yeah. notice? Did they say yeah, you're I mean, the funny I'll, one? Do they say you're, yeah, you're they, my favorite? A little bit of that? Yeah, they do, they do say that. Yeah. Yeah, they do say I'm the funny one and they're my favorite. <laughs> but, I mean, obviously this, I get, I get a lot of engagement about this, about my hand. Right, um, right. You know, and I've... So, no, go ahead. So you just have people come up and what do they, they, is, is, is there like an inside joke they try to crack with you or yeah, do they mean, bring it up? Or? Right. We, we all kind of bullshit about it on the podcast and, you know, so everyone kind of wants to get in on it. You know, it's fun. <laughs> so that, now, was one Dusty, of, that was one of the questions actually. Someone make, asked, make jokes at my expense. <laughs> so someone asked, was, uh, who has a bigger pinky, you or Jamie Joe Hall? And I was like, I didn't get it. I was like, well, I don't know what that means. I told Ron and he goes, Oh God, you don't know the stories. <laughs> yeah. So Dusty actually doesn't know. And there are a lot of people don't know unless they saw like, you know, Fuad's initial interview with you where you told the whole story. Sure. But, but you yeah. want to give like the Coles notes kind of, uh, you know, catch the rest of the fans up that maybe didn't know sure. about what happened. Yeah. The reader's digest version. Yeah. Perfect. So yeah. Yeah. When I was, uh, when I was 17, I got, I got uh, meningitis. So I had bacterial meningitis. And I was in a coma for about two weeks. And then uh, when I woke up from that coma, these three fingers were black, like uh, like I had frostbite. Oh, shit. Have you ever seen like the movie Mr. Deeds, like his black foot? Yeah. That's what, what these three fingers looked like. So it was uh, it was sepsis. And, and you know, during that time, my, your body will take blood flow to keep your heart and your brain going. And it, it attacks the extremities first. So it's really common for people to lose, you know, their extremities, hands, legs, feet, you know, um, I've seen guys lose their nose, ears, shit like that. So I was actually really lucky to have only lost these three fingers. Um, but yeah. That's That's, it. Yeah. And, and, and how, and, how long was it like, like it was like a full year before you were like recovered, wasn't it? Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Dusty, you know, this, you know, you see it in a movie where people wake up out of a coma and they sit up and gasp for air and it, it's not, it's not like that. So, you right. know, you wake up and, and it's like, it's, I was you know full paralysis from the neck down and I'm just in a bed and I can't move, you know? So it was, you know, months and months of rehab and physical therapy and yeah, it's, it's a long road. That's wild. Man. 
Now, yeah. I, we got to also catch, I want to catch people up on the bleeding to death story. <laughs> um, because Always that's funny. such an... <laughs> It's, it's such an awesome it's it's such an awesome story, but you got to give uh, you got to give the update on that one too because they're two the, these two stories I think are just like keys as to understanding the Justin Shire right situation yeah, yeah so, so give, give us know, this one yeah so when I was uh, shit I mean this is it was uh, 2013 so what nine years ago now something like that mm-hmm. I was. Um, I was riding my bike with some buddies of mine and I, I, that's what I used to do. I used to ride like freestyle BMX. So we're out kind of raising hell through town and, and uh, you know, grinding handrails and, and being, you know, causing criminal mischief. And uh, we end up in our town. There's these two, two main roads, there's a two, one, a one way coming down, one way coming up and we ride to the top of town. And what we'll typically do is just hill bomb. So you just, we got bikes with no brakes. We just tuck and hill bomb. So you probably end up going about 35 miles an hour down these hills. And um, we end up going into a little Mexican restaurant. It's like a fast food Mexican restaurant joints open late. And we had, uh, we had been drinking a little bit, nothing crazy, but we eat some food and we come out and we see this chick walking down the hill from, from a hotel up here. And you can tell she's just kind of on one, you know, so we're just fucking around and, and um, we holler at her. And as she comes over, she asks us for a ride. We're on bikes. So I'm like, you know, well, I'm, I'm on a bike, lady. I can't give you a ride. You know, no, she goes, no, 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 watch here. She gets on my handlebars, sits on my bars, and leans back against my chest. So she's sitting on my handlebars. Her head's here on my chest. I'm holding on to my bars. And I'm thinking, fuck it. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I just lift my feet, and we fucking roll. Oh, God. So you're at the top of the hill right now. I'm at the, I'm at the top of the hill. Okay, yeah. just checking. Yeah. So typically we would cut over and we'd go down with traffic, but now I got this chick on my handlebars, and I'm opposing traffic. No brakes. Not smart. Yeah, it's terrible. It's a fucking stupid idea. I can't even <laughs> retell, retelling the story. I can't even believe myself. But I'm hauling ass down this hill, and because I've got her on my shoulders. We are fucking cooking. Oh yeah. My my yeah, my buddies are trying to keep up their gearings maxed out. So my eyes are watering and I'm pulling away from my friends like <laughs> like this. I mean, we are fucking hauling ass. And um I'm coming down the street and I'm I'm in the bike lane, but I'm opposing traffic and I'm coming around this blind corner and I see headlights. It's about three in the morning, so nobody's on the road. The road I mean it's a small town, there's nobody out. So I did, really didn't expect anybody. But I come around this blind corner. I see headlights and they did this thing. I don't, you know, when somebody will kind of turn or the corner, but they'll merge lanes at the same time. So mm-hmm. he kind of turned, he got over. And right as I thought we were going to pass each other, this guy rips the wheel towards me. Oh God. I think, I think what happened is he just caught me out his peripheral. He panicked and he yanked the wheel towards me. Cause what you'll see, I've got pictures of this. His tire was up on the sidewalk. And Ooh. I was right in front of his car. So I ended up hitting this guy head on. I go face first into the windshield. I'm probably going 35. It's a 35 mile an hour road. He's probably going 35. So I'd assume a, consp- a combined speed of about 70 miles an hour. I go face first into the fucking windshield. And this chick gets ejected, misses the car completely, and flies about 
15, 20 yards. Holy crap. Wow. Yeah. So she just slides on her ass and she's, I, when I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm in front of the car and I just hear her about 20 yards that way screaming fucking bloody murder. So I obviously go on the windshield. I plop down right in front of the car and I look down and my leg is fucking twisted. Wow. I'm wearing some, I'm wearing some shorts and you can just see it's cutting off blood flow. Cause my leg is a fucking balloon. I mean, it's just, it's just expanding like this. So I'm sitting there and, um, I'm just kind of digesting what happened. The car's totaled. It's steaming. Windshield smashed in. There's three kids in the back seat. They're fucking screaming bloody murder. They're scared shitless. The chick in the car gets out. She's in the passenger seat. She gets out of the car. She's looking over at me. She starts screaming and yelling at me because I scared her kids. And I'm sitting there. So I got this cut. I don't know if you can see this cut. Can you guys see this cut right here? Yeah. 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 Something cut me. I don't know what it was, but that cut hit my carotid artery. Holy so shit. I'm, I'm fucking bleeding like crazy. I end up losing six units of blood. So as I'm sitting there with my leg twisted, I'm shooting blood out my neck. I lose about six units of blood. I've got this lady over on top of me screaming and yelling. The car is steaming, totally totaled. Kids are in the backseat crying. And I've got this chick down here and she is just fucking howling. I mean, screaming bloody murder. So long story short, they, uh, the ambulance comes in and picks me up. I break my femur in five places. I break the femoral head completely off. Holy I broke shit. my femur, uh, in two places. Then that, the middle piece broke in half. And I also oh, broke shit. my tibia. So they load, they load me into the ambulance and rush me off. Cause I'm losing blood and I'm, I'm probably going to die. I'm about ready to bleed out and die. And they put this girl in the car with us. This guy that ended up hitting us, he was a black guy. And this chick is just screaming the most racist, terrible statements about this guy. I mean, it's just it's just such a fucking scene. The girl that was on the handlebars. The girl that was on the handlebars, okay. yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, you don't so- even know, but now she's like part of you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so she's in a way yeah, speaking so- for you, you know. <laughs> she's associated with me, yeah. yeah so the yeah. cops are there. By the way, I got a ticket, I've got sighted as I'm getting loaded into the ambulance. The, the cop put a ticket on my chest, it was for uh reckless endangerment. The guy that hit me didn't even have car insurance, by the way. So, anyway, we get, we get yeah, so we get to the hospital and they rush me into surgery because I'm you know, I'm dying. But they come and approach my parents, and they let my parents know that um, the girlfriend is okay, and, and, that, and, that, and that the baby is going to be fine. Oh, but, but she did test positive for methamphetamines in her system. So they wanted to let my parents know that the baby was fine, the girlfriend was high on dope, but everybody's gonna be okay. So confused right now, I'm sure. They're, yeah, yeah. My parents do. <laughs> They're like, no, that, no, no. That's that's not that's not the girlfriend. Yeah. So it was a, it was a scene. It was it was definitely a scene to say to say the least. That's oh. the 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 best part. The best part is 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 the methamphetamine in the pregnancy. That oh, that makes yeah. that makes the carotid artery part funny. <laughs> You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
your grandbaby will be fine, but his, yeah. her mother has a problem. <laughs> and they're, they're like, like my, son, so, I don't, my son, I'm worried about my son. Don't the baby's okay. <laughs> so, yeah. so I also like that well, the cop was like, "Hey, in case you survive, you owe the city seventy six dollars." Yeah, yeah exactly. it was like eight hundred, wasn't it? How much was it? I don't remember how much the fine was, but it, I think it was like two hundred fifty bucks, and I paid it. Oh, okay, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, at, the, at the end of the day, with the uh, with, now that I've seen what hospitals cost, the two fifty was the least of your concerns. It was at least luckily I had I had health insurance. So I oh, was yeah. taking care of so, so one thing you mentioned was the fans bring up training a lot to you. Yeah. And and I'm wondering if some of your training philosophy is rooted in how rough you were on your body when you were BMXing and you, you you're kind of you're kind of thinking that's no longer a path I want to go down. Absolutely. Is that part of it? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think, um, just the way I train, I mean, I mean, you're aware of how I train. I mean, you guys all train for you know, pretty similarly, but you know, I just, I'm trying to do things the most efficient way. And, uh, you know, I, it's, it's funny. I get a lot of shit from Fuad about this. He doesn't like, to, he doesn't, he doesn't, you know, believe in the, the perfect training philosophy, but I think you make a good point. I did beat the shit out of my body riding BMX. So this to me, seemed like the best way I was going to have the most longevity through my career. And also I have to say, just for those listening, um, what you were doing on a BMX bike is a different galaxy from what I'm doing. People see the thick, you know, I see me doing flatland tricks, but you're, you were a street rider. You guys are doing like 20 stair drops and that crazy shit. It's so hard on the body, man. Like you guys, how often would you just fucking crash? Oh, pretty often. Yeah. 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 Bad yeah, nails, it, it, you know. It happened all the time, you know. So I mean yeah. I, I had I had bruised heels and, you know, duct tape around my wrists and fucking ankle braces that I'd wear all the time. And I mean we, we, we beat the shit out of ourselves for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I, I commented to you that I really liked how you moved weights. Yeah. And and you said uh you said uh, I can't remember exactly what you said, but you said no one's uh been able to convince me otherwise. Right. Yeah. So what do you mean by that? Explain that. Well, I think, you know, when it boils down to the mechanics of the movement, I always tell people there's there's no benefit in doing things the wrong way. You can't convince me that doing things any other way than than how it's supposed to be done is going to be more advantageous, if that makes sense. You know, I mean, especially like when it comes to a pressing movement. I mean, you should just control the movement down and explode up you know, full range of motion, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I just see a lot of poor training uh, mechanics out there and I just really don't think it, uh, it pays, you know, I, do you, do you think it's a, a sort of, um, I, I feel like I am drawn towards things that are more efficient. Do you feel like efficiency is something yeah. that you're after? That's a, That's absolutely something I'm after. And that's something that I preach a lot. I think, you know, you want the shortest distance possible from point A to point B. And I think just doing things the right way is going to be that, you know, the route. Do you find so, too, when you look at, at some guys, cause this is something that in reverse, I, I struggled with watching bodybuilding was, um, I mean, in your extreme, I mean, I think you're like textbook training. Um, 
which sure. obviously is flawlessly, you know, working. But I used to watch guys like a Branch Warren, a Johnny Jackson, even like a, a Max Charles, where right. And, and I consider myself very loose in compare. I mean, way loose compared to you. It's not even same right. thing we do. Um, but I would see them, and people would be like, "Oh, it's so dangerous." I'm like agreed i think something would snap on me if i were to do that right and then i would always follow it up with but it's hard for me to argue the results but i don't recommend it necessarily you know what i'm saying because right. like max yeah. for example he trains in really short ranges of motion but i have a hard time saying to somebody i think he would be bigger if he went in a bigger range of motion you know what i'm saying right. yeah. oh yeah so absolutely like a, a tricky line <laughs> yeah it is and i think tra- for that reason training is, is so individualized the point I try to get across is is that most people aren't going to be able mm-hmm. to train like Branch and grow the way Branch did. Most Agreed. people aren't built like that. Yeah. And especially when it comes to beginners, I really just try to reinforce proper proper mechanics. Um, but again, that gets that gets lost. You know, you I you know I'll do let's just say like a, a rowing movement, like an underhand pull down or something, where I'll control a three second negative and I'll pause in the stretch, and you'll see me drive a contraction. I'll pause in the contraction. You'll see guys, you know, kids coming up, try to emulate that. And what you end up seeing is, is them going so light and hmm. trying to control that so perfectly. And then they'll sit in that contraction and hold it and then come into the negative. And you're totally missing the point. So if you mm-hmm. see me hold a, if you'd see me hold that contraction, I'm fucking fighting like hell to hold that contraction. Because the right. weight is just, just heavy enough for me to nail a contraction and then it's ripping me back out of that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it it does get a little misconstrued where people try to do things too perfectly where they're not using enough weight to cause any stimulus for adaptation. So there's a yeah. fine line. You know, I'm a big proponent of, of of executing things appropriately, but there is a fine line. Yeah, I think it's uh it kind of reminds me of back Luke used to say there's a lot of people in the gym doing the same movements that I do, but I'm the only person in the gym doing what I do. You know, sure. and I think that that's the, the, the thing that's lost. I have that with clients where they're, I'll say, hey, you know, we, we need to just tighten up a hair because they're, I do a lot of progressive overload, but what gets lost is the form goes to shit so they can get one more number. And I'm like, yep. we didn't really get stronger. You got sloppier, right? Yeah. And yeah, then exactly. next thing you know, I get the email, you're right. I've I've completely changed my ways and they were doing a bent row with 225 and maybe it should have been 210 and now they're like I got right. 135 and look at this form and I'm like oh fuck <laughs> I know yeah or, or you got the opposite where I tell a guy I'm like hey you know those rows look great but you got a 30 pound dumbbell in your hand right. and your lats aren't going to grow with a 30 pound dumbbell so I need you to go ahead. and then they send me a video of them doing it with 100 so they go up 70 pounds per hand and then you know you see the guy he's just you know barely moving the weight I'm like all right guys let's just pull that back to about a 75 pound dumbbell and, and work right. from there it's you know it it is unfortunately i get i do have a lot of people that appreciate my training and try to emulate it but i think that's what gets lost most is that i'm doing things as perfectly as i can as heavy as i can for as many reps as i can Right. So I'm, I'm I'm kind of at the top end of the spectrum on all of those. So you really mm-hmm. need to be mindful of of that threshold because there is a threshold where you know it, there's no value to doing something perfect if it's not heavy enough to cause any adaptation. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. When, you, what, when you're doing your, a 405 your... uh, uh, RDL with every rep looks identical. I mean, it's that's the thing <laughs> that I've been because I'll have guys reach out and I just so I'll send them back the video. And I'm like, but look, that was 12 reps with 405. And I could start that at any rep and it looks the same. Like it's the same right. rep 12 times, yeah. you know? <clears throat> right. That's what makes it flawless when I'm watching. Yeah. What, what's your ideal rep range on most things? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a top set back offset kind of guy. So I'm going to be in a more eight to 10 for my top set, 12 to 15 for my back off. But that, you know, that varies. If I'm training legs, I, you know, who doesn't love a good 20 rep set on a leg press? Yeah. You yeah. know, it's kind of, it's kind of hard to argue that that's not, you know, an effective rep range for training quads. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the days when we used to do six to eight rep sets on the leg press. Oh God. See, that's, that's scary. <laughs> it is. And that was, a, that was scary. A, like the number of plates we used to push at like, like back in the nineties, like everyone loaded the fuck out of it and you did like a six to eight rep set. Yeah. It was brutal. See, if and I'm now anything, I think, fuck, it's so dangerous. Yeah, if I'm anything lower than like a 12 rep set on a leg press, I'm I'm nervous. Right, right, right. Yeah. You got too many plates on at that point. Oh, dude, yeah. You know, I've got. <laughs> I rather do 10 plates aside for 20 than 14 for eight. That's for sure. Oh yeah. So let me ask you about your gym. Sure. Because you know, you know, I'm a gym guy. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. So, so tell people about your gym. You got Duo Gym. Yeah. So my wife and I own a gym together. Um, duo gym it's just the two of us um she actually does crossfit so what we have is a, a hardcore bodybuilding gym and then in the corner of our gym we kind of have an open space it's like a crossfit box and that's where we have all of our squat racks lined against the wall big open space bunch of rowers and uh you know the uh, assault bikes and, and all that crossfit stuff a few uh like olympic deadlifting platforms so it's a bit of a mesh of two worlds and um yeah, it works really well, actually. And whereabouts is it? What's the town again? So, yeah, we're in Grants Pass, so Southern Oregon, Grants Pass, Oregon. So what uh, what pieces are in the gym just for you? Is that whole gym, like, did you pick all the bodybuilding equipment out, or did you kind yeah, of go, yeah, like, what's going to be popular? So- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I yeah. knew that answer without knowing. <laughs> so when I, I actually bought the gym from a gentleman who was a bodybuilder. So it was it was an old school bodybuilding gym, but we're in a small town and he was appealing to an, an elderly crowd. So when I bought that place, we had like 300 members and 250 of them were above 65 years old. So I really had to kind of revamp that place and make it my own and slow. I mean, you dealt with it, too, as well. Yeah. 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 I mean, we started yeah. from scratch. Like we didn't, we just started with zero members, but yeah, we did start in a building right. that had been a gym, you know? So, yeah. yeah. You know, you're starting so, a new brand, you know? Right. So I, you know, I, I kind of went through and I had to do a big yard sale and get rid of a bunch of equipment that I was never going to use. And then just yeah. slowly, but surely bring in all my handpicked stuff. So did you just slowly turn the music up? <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, I remember, I remember when I finally like just made the, the shift. Like I remember there was a moment where I forget what we were, what, you know, what radio station we put it on, but we're like, I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to play around music. Cause this is, I mean, it was Tom Petty every day in there. So it was like old right. school rock, Tom Petty fucking, you know, maybe you'd hear a little bit of ACDC, which I know you love. <laughs> but it was just old, old cool rock all day. So yeah, I just yeah. put on and 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 radio style. 
and radio style. Yeah, exactly. So I just put on some rap music one day just to feel it out. And I remember cringing because it stung a little bit because there was a, you know, there's some people in there that didn't like it, but it was my gym now. And I just had to draw that line. I had to do it. And that doesn't mean I'm not conscious of, you know, the I read the room and, you know, we make sure to choose music appropriately. There's definitely times of the day that we, you know, we will still play some old school rock. I got like a a 4 p.m. crowd where it's just a bunch of guys that come in rushing after work. And, you know, so you play you play music accordingly. I know you deal with it. But, um, yeah, slowly but surely. We just turn the dial up. And then also, <laughs> I've got a sign that I think by my, my rules sign, um, it says, uh, we don't censor our music, bring headphones. There you go. Right. So, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, because we play I, all hard rock and metal and gangster rap. I play and, whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> yeah. It's I, I mean, you. Most people appreciate it, but you do have those some people that complain. But I've spent the last ten years in gyms, fucking hating every music, everybody music I heard. Yeah. Well, oh. radio stations are the worst. I mean, yeah, you know, it's 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 not even the bands they play; it's the songs they pick. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. they play mm-hmm. like the radio shit. You know, there's you know they play the slow mm-hmm. songs and the fucking love ballad will come on, and it's like Jesus oh, fuck. Yeah. Fucking, it sucks, man. It's a it's a big buzzkill, you know. So, so yeah. being able to control that element of things is huge. And even if, I mean, sometimes when I'm training, when I train by training partner, I usually don't have headphones. But if I'm training by myself, I'll wear headphones, listen to my own music, but still just knowing that there's good music on, <laughs> set put a yeah. different energy in the room. Like even if I'm not listening to it, it's just a different energy in the room. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's amazing yeah. what what the volume does too to a room. Like you just turn it up a little bit, it really yeah. changes things. Fuck yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like a big deal at our gym because we, you know, we want people to walk in the door and be like awake. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. I totally, you know. I totally agree. But yeah, to, to double back to your question, you know, that's, there's a lot of equipment in there that I've spent money on that my wife doesn't give a shit about. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's the most frivolous spend? Most frivolous spend? Oh, man. I don't know. That's that's kind of tough. Um, I mean, when I first bought the gym, we didn't have an eight stack or we didn't have any. The cables were shit. So I bought an Arsenal eight stack, which was not cheap. That hurt. That's all yeah, that hurt. It, hurt. it hurt. But it's fucking it's nice. Um, I don't know. Just aside from that, you know how it is. You find a piece and you want it. You don't really care how expensive it is. Like I just bought the uh, I just got a matching kit for a. Um, a Nautilus press. So I have the Nautilus vertical press, the flat press, the incline Ooh, press, and the, shoulder, and the shoulder press. Nice. Yeah, I see you using uh, them on Instagram. They look awesome. I love those, uh, those pieces. Are, yeah, those things are so sweet. Yeah. They were expensive because the people that know that those are valuable, are, like the people that have them know they're valuable. So yeah. if that, somebody's getting rid of them, they know people want them. So it's kind of, it gets to be a bit of a bidding war with pieces like that. How is it training in your own gym? Because since you're working there, and if something's broken, if somebody wants to complain, they're coming to you. What? How do you go about cutting that off and being where you need to be to be able to train the way you like training? Oh, man, I mean, it, it's tough because sometimes my, my training sessions, and Ron probably knows this, the, it's it's a 90-minute session that takes three hours. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I come in in the evenings – and I just try to fully detach, you yeah. know, in, in, especially at, at first 
people would come up to me and I would, you know, talk to them and they would want to know about, you know, maybe different memberships for the gym or prices on proteins and things like that. And I would engage and I'd help people and I'd take them up to the front and I'd show them some things that we discussed that now people approach me and I just say, he can help you up front. There you go. Mm-hmm. A master guy. Yeah. yeah. And you know, you can handle it diplomatically, but when you start giving in, people take advantage of that. Cause if somebody sees you spend five minutes chatting with a guy, the next guy's going to get in line. And then the next guy's going to get in line. Next, you know, you're not yep. able to fuck and an hour goes by. And you're not even training. Yeah. Yeah. So you really do have to be able to deta- detach. Yeah. I think that depends on the gym too. Cause I know when you have some time after a while, I imagine a lot of your members are starting to understand your other job. Yeah. That's got to help. Yeah. Cause I know um, I, I used to tell people when I would go to the gym, I'd get there 15 minutes knowing that it was going to be like chatted up. Right. Then when I started training, people leave me alone and I knew it took 15 minutes to leave. Yep, so exactly. Yep. Just factor those in. And for the most part, during the training, you could just blast, yeah. you know, other than yeah. just the, the nod to everybody. Yep. At this point, I train at the same time every day. The crowd there understands I'm there to just train and I don't really mm-hmm. get messed with. But, you know, yeah. it took like there was that, you know, kind of the honeymoon phase of the business where you where you really want to be involved and you yeah. want to be communicating with people. And it's not that I don't mm-hmm. want to anymore, but it that that comes at a cost. You have to For think sure. of yourself, you know, you have to think of what you need to, you know, to be, yeah, or, or, my, or my, or my poor training partner who's just sitting yeah. there waiting. <laughs> you don't <laughs> got three hours for this shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you find it funny that, um, cause it, you know, we do the podcast and we say shit, you know, we say dumb shit. And, oh yeah. And then, and then I realize that people at my gym, Heard, heard exactly what I said. <laughs> it's funny you say that because, I, yeah, I'm, I had a buddy of mine come up to me the other day and he was like, Oh, we've been watching all your stuff. And he goes, uh, Amanda loves bro chat. I go, Oh, fuck. I said, You, you, you watch that nonsense? And sure enough, yeah, she lo- loves it. So it's always surprising to me. I forget that when I'm sitting here talking to you guys, there's people in, in the world that are actually listening to us, like people in our. <laughs> In our inner circle, yeah, yeah, just go off into the into the, uh, into the internet and disappear. Like, there's, you know, my neighbor is listening to this shit sometimes. Yeah, the odd time, like usually, like we record on Mondays, and there'll be the odd time where I'll be driving to the gym on Monday, and I'll think, yeah, oh fuck, I think right. I said something today. Yeah. <laughs> should I? Should I? Should I send Scott a text and get him to edit that out? Yeah, I know you got got to be mindful when I start talking about, you know stuff people do in my gym i go oh shit what if that guy listens to this yeah <laughs> you're described him to a t you're like he wears red tank tops and yellow every single day he's got a beard single, uh, yeah <laughs> his name is randy <laughs> <laughs> so i you know we were talking about stupid exercises that people do in the gym and uh, i happened to film this kid he was um he had his feet up on a bench and his chest was supported by like a bosu ball so he's laying right. flat and he's got two dumbbells in his hands and he's doing like rear delt flies while balancing on a BOSU ball with his feet up on the bench. So I filmed this kid. I'm going, what the fuck is going on here? So I film it and I send it to Fuad and this is just in text message. Well, he brings it up on the show. Oh God. He puts, he puts, the, he puts his phone up and films it. And, and you know, I got to wonder, I go, God, did this kid see this? 
you know? Yeah. Oh, God. I've been cyberbullied by the <laughs> yeah, most famous podcast in bodybuilding. I know. I felt bad, you know, but I was like, yeah, fuck it. You know, if this kid sees this, maybe it will help him a little bit. <laughs> have you have you right. had anyone surprise you like where you're from that 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 watches the show and you're literally blindsided like i mean even if some of you don't know because i've run into that before i told the guys at one point i was walking into a starbucks and i was kind of like getting a- ahead of a guy who had a bit of a limp so i just waited for him and i held the door and yeah. he walked through the door and then he looks back at me and goes oh you're getting the dusty special and i'm like what you know my name like i was so thrown yeah you know i mean yeah Yeah. are you getting one also anyway (laughs) and then dusty's thinking that he calls the dusty special something else to to the ladies yeah so now (laughs) wait a minute so i'm curious have, have you had any of that where you somebody's like oh i watched your show and you're like you yeah oh definitely I uh, I got I got approached by one of the, the the cart boys at Costco the other day when I was just loading stuff up into my car. He ran up and wanted a photo. That's cool. Yeah, it it is cool. It's cool. It's usually like you know un- unsuspecting people, you know. Mm-hmm. And the, the expo, about- you know. I mean, I got I got approached by like uh, this this guy and his wife, and you know they're they're probably mid forties. And she told me, you know, I feel like you're my son. You know, you're on my TV every day. I thought, oh, sh- you guys watch this stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, so they took pictures with us, and they're stoked. Yeah, she said, we watch you all the time. That's cool. You know, the people, the people you don't expect, but, but yeah. No, I know. It's funny. Um, one of the things about being a pro is traveling and training. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's always something that's probably the, one of the hardest things about being a pro is the scheduling around the trip. So how is the Arnold for you as far as traveling and training? Did you get a little taste of, uh, of that shit? What'd you oh, think? Oh, definitely. Yeah. So we went to American barbell and I know you went there as well. We avoided pros gym. We didn't go there. Yeah. So I trained with Hunter and Ben, um, d- during the weekend and it was great. It was awesome. I will say the day we did the photo shoot with hostile, we um we trained legs so we got there we shot photos we took a bunch of product shots and about four hours later it's like okay it's time to train well neither of us really wanted to train we're both beat up after the weekend it was sunday we wanted to get the fuck out of there but who had had camera guys there so we had to train we end up yeah. um we're warming up on adductors Fuad's going the fucking adductors get the fuck that get off that machine get fucking go, go hack squat I'm like, hey, man, I'm just trying to warm up, right? So we end up doing some more with the adductors, and we're going to go to the, the hip press, the Rogers hip press. We start loading up plates in the hip press. Fuad comes over and says, hip press is for pussies. Get off that thing. We need something hardcore. He goes, go to the hack squat. <laughs> Fuck it. We go to the hack squat. We start piling on plates in the hack squat. So we both turn it up. Me, It's me, Ben, and uh, Nathan Epler. And we both got to turn it up, you know? So we got to slap the plates on. Camera's rolling. So it's time to squat. And uh, we both end up doing a few hard or actually we just did one hard working set because that's all we ever do is just one hard set. But uh, yeah, that was that was interesting. That was one of those things like, you know, traveling. We didn't feel great, but cameras were rolling. I'm a professional. I got to act like it. Let's go. <laughs> I, couldn't, yeah. I couldn't do the right press. Fuad wouldn't let me. 
Oh, that's I so love the funny. Fu- I love the Fuad hammers, you guys, because he of all oh, people he knows what you feel like. He knows you're fucking yeah. dead. Yeah. He knows. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, the, the hip press. He goes, that's the easiest exercise you could have picked was the hip press. <laughs> <laughs> easiest and safest. I don't need yeah, you guys I, safe. I was like, I like the hip press. I'm, come on. We were going to put that, 20 plates aside on it, for fuck's sakes. We, yeah, we, we were. Yeah. So, you know? Yeah, we had a hack spot in it said, but. It's that's all good. It's classic. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. So, but aside from that, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's uh, yeah, it's you know, you get to the gym and I, I, I felt like shit after traveling, and you know, we yeah. all went out as like a team and we were drinking, and then when next day we we're trying to train chest, I'm like, holy fuck. <laughs> so let me ask you a question, just for the viewers, because we get tons yeah. of questions about food and meals and everything like that, yeah. and obviously we want people to know pros don't live like monks, but at the yeah. same time, you're not prepping for a show. So sure. what was your diet? What was your 80, you know, your ratio restaurant meals to like prepped meals? Oh, man, over I got four days. It was probably about a 50 50 this weekend or that last weekend. Yeah. Okay. But, so, I mean, I, I got a I got a room at the residence in. So I had a kitchen. So I most mornings, I'll be honest, we went down and just ate in the hotel lobby, had some. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, just ate whatever, but you know, before I trained, I had a I had a prep meal. I I bought some ground beef, so I had ground beef. I had rice, and uh, so it was usually two clean meals, and then you know, three meals we piece together throughout the day. Right, right, right. That's yeah. uh. Did you did you lose weight? I actually didn't. Yeah, I I came back only about a half pound lighter, and Matt was very happy. He's like he he told me he goes uh. Because he's seen me in the hotel, seen I had all my food. He goes, I don't care. I just don't want you to lose weight this trip. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's Um, that's the magic that people miss on these trips. And I've been pushing that to some of my clients. I traveled alone for years. And then uh, Jose came on with iForce. And it was one of our first trips. Uh, I think we were in Germany or something. I ordered dinner and I ordered bodybuilding. You know, I was like, all right, give me two skirt steaks and yeah. you know two baked potatoes and then he was like and get him two orders of french fries and, and i'm like what are you doing he goes yeah. you don't want to yeah, lose fucking weight yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean literally yeah. and he was and that so he's like just trust me this weekend i'm ordering your food for you yeah yeah and i was like okay and we work i mean he knows i work with chris so i was like all right, right. sure as shit i got home I was, I was still down two pounds by the time i got home and i had eaten yeah. heavy two or three times yeah. a day the whole trip yeah, you know, so I'd have been, yeah, been down fifteen if not. <laughs> it, it was a pretty social weekend, so a lot of it was was centered around food, and we're all big bodybuilders. And you know, one of our meals was two Subway footlongs and like five cookies. You know, right before finals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. me, Hunter, and Ben went and got Subway sandwiches and a bunch of cookies, and then went and watched finals. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Um, what What's your What's your plan now? You know, your you you you've got hostile behind you yeah you you you're on you know the most popular podcast in bodybuilding you're uh you know you're getting stopped in the Costco parking lot by <laughs> fans um you know what do you want to do with this you know is do you see doing a show in the near future on the horizon what's the plan yeah so i'm going to take this year completely off and then I'm going to do something early next year. You know, I mean, I, I have an idea of what we want to do, but I'm not, you know, putting it out there quite yet. Um, but I just need the year to grow. 
So I'm going to put on size and then I'm going to aim for something early next year. That way I can actually try to make an impact on my, on my pro debut. Hell yeah. What, what did you weigh at the, when you got your pro card? I was like 216. Jesus. Right. Yeah. When you, yeah, when so your waist looks like a wrist, that does a yeah. lot to how much I think you weigh. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. like 216. Yeah. I'm like 260. You said 260. Got it. Yeah, I think yeah. people were really surprised how light I was. That's why. What do you um, think? Yeah. What, what do you think you're capable of doing? Like, you know, next show 225 on stage. Cause I mean, you're still young training age. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you guys know I did my first show in 2019. You know, so I'm yeah. I'm still really new to this. Um, you still I'm, got that new, new baby smell, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm I mean I'm I'm projecting and hoping to be in the 230s next time. That's what I'd like okay. to see. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, you know? and just yeah, to kind of able to put on 15 pounds in a little over a year, I think it's possible. And so to yeah. put that into perspective for any of our viewers that that maybe don't know the weight classes, you were a heavyweight, right? And at 216, yeah. that means you may have been going against guys that weighed in at 225 before they loaded back up. So oh, you yeah. could have been going against yeah. guys that were in the 230s and yeah, you they were, were still able to win. That's that's pretty yeah. impressive right there, you know? Yeah, there were there were guys that I was giving 15 pounds up to for sure. I mean, there were guys that barely made weight, Yeah, you know, and, and then, you know, rebounded up five, six pounds. Yeah. I think the key there, though, for these guys to recognize is two things. A, I mean, obviously, we, they can't choose their parents and have shape like yours. <laughs> but you're, when you're peeled, e- even if you don't have the prettiest shape, when you're peeled, you look bigger, Yeah, number one. Right. And sure. no one would have been shocked if you won the overall. Like, even I mean, I was watching the show, and I was like, I mean, I'll be honest, because I, I always lean towards something I never had. So I love, like, just wacky, pretty physiques. But you have sure. enough freak factor that I was like, I thought you actually might win the whole show. I was just like, you're going to win the overall. So yeah. I don't think that's a, a, a reach at all to see you at even 235 because this is a full year, 13 minutes into your career. I mean, that's a long time. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, yeah, I, think, I, I, think, I think just because of my shape, I think I'm going to be able to carry that weight really well. I'd agree. You know, yeah. and um, well, you that, know, you look that at, would look like 50 pounds on you. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, how how heavy was Phil when he won his Olympia? Like two, oh God. he was in the two three. Yeah, when yeah, he won two, the, yeah. yeah, probably high. Not, I'm not at all. Saying, I'm, I'm not at all saying I'm Phil Heath, but <laughs> no, but it's actually it's a it's a valid comparison because like I saw him when he won the USA's, and then found out he was like two eleven or something, yeah. right? And I mean, just like you, if yeah. if somebody would have said, "Oh, he was two forty," I'd be like, oh, "Okay, yeah," like it wouldn't yeah. blink. You know, it's wacky. <laughs> Yeah. So I had people asking if I was going to do a pro debut this year. Then I had people telling me I should try to make 212 right after the show. Like, I, I mean, I fucking, I mean, 216 was me sucking down bone dry. That's, that's mm. what I weighed. Yeah. It's not that I, maybe I could have, I could have gone down to 212, but that's not at all what I want to do. I'm going to keep, yeah. my body wants to grow. I'm going to, I'm going to be an open body. Builder. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it sounds like you'd be you, done, you know, you'd be done if you. Yeah, yeah. And I need to progress. Yeah. Like just looking at my frame, I think I could, I could support oh, yeah. another 20 minutes. Well, I think you, you in your do. life, you need to progress. That's, that seems to be what you do as a person. That's business, what I was just yeah. going to bring up. Those things. And I think that's stuff. what people miss is somebody like you has to progress every fucking day. It's not uh, yeah. every yeah. year. So 
So you did things backwards from all the other meatheads. You you were successful in business first, and you established some businesses, and then you started bodybuilding. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I mean, he did them forwards. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> so do you do you think bodybuilding came easy? Like the the kind of routine and the 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 absolute like Not repetitive yet. repetitive nature of bodybuilding came easier because you've already got business skills. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely say that. I mean, there's a lot of carryover and there's a lot of carryover just from BMX. I mean, you know, I mean, I would spend, you know, six to eight hours at the skate park, just like trying a trick over and over and over and over and over. And sometimes you do that for years. Like for me to learn a tail up, I would just, I used to throw tail ups for years. Like when the fuck is this going to happen? And then just one day it does, you know, so I'm not a stranger to the monotony of a routine repetitive over and over and over and with the business thing it was um you know it it definitely put me in a unique position to enter this thing full force and uh you know i don't i don't have i'm fortunate that i don't have like the financial restrictions that a lot of people do when they're starting out bodybuilding you know so right now i'm not i'm my bills are paid i'm comfortable i I make money and now i'm able to you know enter this thing with a career mindset, but I'm also financially backed by myself. Right. You know, I am career motivated with this, but I have other businesses that, you know, are facilitating this career as I, as I go on, you know, I would, I would love for you to, to, to continue driving that. Cause that's probably my biggest pet peeve in the industry. I know it's hardcore, but I hate when people say, I'll do whatever it takes to bodybuild. I don't give a shit. I'll live on a couch. And I'm like, you're going to lose 10 years of life and probably go broke. Hmm. You're yep. 35 and, and starting, and that's going to suck. And you can do both. You can juggle both. You know, I'm mm-hmm. operating businesses and I'm bodybuilding. You know, I did a, I did a prep and I want to show, and I ran three businesses while doing it. That's such it's an wild. important message. I, I I had a guy reach out to me the other day and he said, mm-hmm. hey, I want to work with you, but I'm about to switch jobs. And I, he, I could tell he was having a lot of anxiety because he was afraid that his new job might not let him eat the way he wanted to. And I thought back about it and I remember staying at a crappy job because I was afraid that if I switched my jobs, I might not be able to do bodybuilding the way I wanted to. The reality right. is you can make it work. You know, you proved it. Yeah, you can. Yeah. You can. And, you know, I uh, I heat up my meals a lot in gas stations hmm. while I'm driving down the road and I eat my meals in my car while I'm running around. You know, I get I do have, you know, I, I help a small amount of clients and I have a lot of clients that will message me and say, hey, my uh, my shift is changing at work. And, um, you know, I'm just kind of wondering what what we can do with my food. And I'm just like, that's not up to me, man. I gave you a plan. Just figure it out. There's there's ways, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. you can you can you can figure it out you know i mean i can help you with a few ideas but ultimately if you want this you're going to figure it out yep i mean you guys know how many how many cold chicken rice meals have you eaten i've eaten a lot <laughs> yeah i was going to say way too many yeah. <laughs> yeah it sucks but you know if i can i've done it a lot yeah i just, i just love that carryover though because it's something that gets missed a ton and like you said it it can all be done uh, I, I had a client, uh, or I should say a friend, reach out to Aceto, and he was like, do you think I should, he was in a decent position in life, and he's like, do you think I should quit working for a while to focus on bodybuilding? And it was funny, because Chris sent me his response, and he said, I think you can chew gum and walk. 
And yeah. that's how that's I always how- looked at it. Like, if yeah. anything, I found it was easier to bodybuild when I when I was buried with my businesses because you didn't have time to even think about being hungry or yep. you have time for that shit. It's, you got to go, yeah. you know. Yeah. You know, and I've, I've had people that'll say things like, "Well, you know, you you run your own business, so it's it's easier for you to navigate." <laughs> <laughs> some days it pays yeah. off and it's more convenient, but some days I work sixteen hours straight and I can't fucking clock off. I can't just go home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some, some days I'm married to that motherfucker till 10 p.m. and then I'm training at 11 at night just to get it in because I didn't have any other choice. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So it's uh it has it has its perks, but trust me, it's not easier. Yeah. I you know being able to clock off work and just leave that at work and go about your day, that's nice. I don't have that right. luxury. You know, yeah. You guys, you guys own businesses. We're at work when we're laying in bed. I'm yeah, just seven days a week. Thinking about shit. <laughs> I'm going. Okay, what are we doing tomorrow? I got to do this. I got to think. I got to go to Medford. I got to run here. And you're thinking about this shit at night in bed. You know, yep. so it's uh, it's it's not the easier route, but it is fulfilling. And you're right, Dusty. I, I am a guy that needs constant progression because there's there's downtime. Sometimes things get a little bit slow, especially in the cannabis industry with with um you know farming like that you know the winter time is a little slower and i find myself not having as much to do in the day and you mm-hmm. almost you know you almost get into this like a you know it's a strong word but almost a state of depression where you're like fuck what am i doing today and you get bummed mm-hmm. like, i have a hard i have a hard time just like hey dude you got a day just kick back eat your yeah. meals and relax yeah you know, it's, but- it's hard to do because I, I find even when i had my stores we had the same like around the holidays it would get slower yeah and i'd find my employees would suck when it was slow like i'd walk in when they're busy the store would be clean organized because they're too busy to fuck off and when they're slow i'd come in i'm like why is it a mess you have nothing to do so you're doing nothing (laughs) you know so i definitely feel you on that yeah um dusty put up a question box just for you I seen we got we got to do some quick fires because these are these I, are good. I know we already covered the uh, fingers for dicks for fingers or vaginas for ears one. He didn't um, actually answer that, so you're gonna need to answer. That. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go dick fingers. All right, he's going dick fingers. All right, perfect. That sounds like a lot, okay. sounds like a lot more fun. All right, we're gonna we're gonna rapid fire these. So we don't steal too much of your time. No, we're fine, okay. guys. Let's go. Hot. smoking before or after training. So I don't actually smoke. <laughs> there it is. He's a tattoo yeah. artist with no tattoos. Yeah. So uh, don't get high on your own supply. <laughs> okay. There you go. Well there done. Go. Okay. We yeah. already answered this one. Bum, bum, bum. Okay. How do you make a memorable posing routine? This is my first time doing a show. He wants to make the routine memorable. Oh, man, I wish I was the guy for this. You know, you get so, I don't know about you guys. I get so focused on doing my mandatories that the posing routine is just something I throw together at the very end. Yeah, no like one I, would have ever asked me that. I know. I, I know. I mean, don't worry, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay at posing, but man, I, I, uh, man, I just, it's so hard to allocate that time, especially towards the end of a prep mm-hmm. into building a posing routine. You know, when I'm just, I'm just drilling my mandatories. And if right. this, if this is a show, it said, yeah, don't worry about it. Worry about your mandatories. There you go. Yeah. Fair, fair, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, how drastic of a change was it to your diet the first time you ate to get really big? Oh, it was way different. I was, you know, eating three times a day. 
And then I got with a coach who was like, you got to eat six times a day. I said, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> but now, now, you know, you, you, I'm like, how do you even eat less than that? Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know? okay. This is, yeah. this is a solid one. Actually. Do you recommend teens 14 to 17 be super strict with their diet or that, or will that lead to burnout? No, I don't think teens should be super strict with their diet. I think teens should just be pushing calories and getting stronger. Agreed. Yeah. 100%. Yes. They're, they're on the greatest cycle of all time. I know. I've, yeah. you know, I've got, I've got kids in my gym that are, you know, 19, 20 years old that, you know, want to hop on. And I'm just like, dude, you're, you're fucking rolling right now already. You're already on the gas. Yeah. Just learn, yeah. just learn how to train and start eating. Yeah. I'm glad you said that. And I'm hoping that my client, I have a client yeah. that, that he listens to me, but we have this conversation about every six weeks. I think I'm ready. <laughs> I had a kid. Like, no. <laughs> I'm going to call him out. He might, he might listen to this. I don't know, but maybe hearing it from somebody else will, will help it click. I told him, get your blood work done. He's 20. Mm-hmm. He just turned 20. He's basically 19. He's a fucking kid. He has a, a 900 test score. Good God. It's amazing. 900. Yeah. I was like, dude, don't. Don't do it. And he's You're just already like, on. I just, I just want to try a little bit. I said, you know what that little bit's going to do? Is just get you to where you're at right now, but you're going to have to stick a needle in your ass every day. Yep. Don't. You know, just your hormones are not why you're not growing. You need to learn how to train. Right. You need to learn how to eat. Thank you. I, that's I feel like the, I might have paid you for that. That's the quote of the day. Yeah. That's the quote of the day. Your hormones are not why you're not growing. That's true, man. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of that, and I didn't even know this was a fact, but apparently at some point in your career, your back was your weakness. Is that true? Oh, someone asked, uh, how did you bring up your back and how did you approach your weakness? So when it comes to parentheses, by the way, which I would have also. So (laughs) when it comes to like my training philosophies, it was my back that, uh, was the, was the reason I started training like that. My back didn't start growing until I started doing movements perfectly. Hmm. And you guys, you guys know, I think the back is like, it becomes a pretty nuanced conversation when you're talking about training. But Hmm. I really found the only way I got my back to grow was by executing movements perfectly. So that's really where I'd start controlling the negatives, doing things, you know, right. I mean, like people don't understand, like, you you know, understanding the difference between a, a pull down for your lats and for your mid back like those are two completely different things mm-hmm. you know so i think right. that that's that's really the biggest thing i never i never look at frequency like i don't i don't very rarely is frequency going to be the issue not that a second training day couldn't help but more than likely you're just not training the body part correctly that's really right. likely the issue so that's where i'd start it's you amazing know. you've been able to grow your legs to the amount i mean because you've got fantastic legs and to think that you had destroyed one of them basically, you know, years yeah. ago. Does that is does that affect you at all ever or what? Well, oddly enough, my left leg is the one I broke. It's my bigger one. Huh. Okay. So now like I'm doing like I was just talking with Matt. He wants me doing single leg leg press. We were working up on I got the Cybex squat press and he was like, just let's start doing that single leg and start bringing up that right leg. I think because I'll do a leg day and my left leg will just be more sore. Because hmm. it was the one I broke, I think it's just it, it's less efficient, so it it has to work harder. That makes okay. sense. Huh. Yeah. So for the last like five years of training, my left leg is just more sore. My left quad is just more sore. 
And now you look at my pictures. It's not no. It's not you know. There's not a huge disparity, but it's my big. It's my big leg. Yeah, I never Probably noticed not. it. Yeah, that's wacky. Yeah, I mean, um, we all. Have, everybody has. You know, my 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 left bicep's a little smaller than my right bicep. You know, we all have yeah, little. Yeah. But yeah, my yeah. left leg, the one I broke to shit, is my good leg. <laughs> that's Doesn't one, have that's a bunch of pins in it. I I did. I actually had to have that hardware pulled because when I would uh. When I would squat, I had a big, I had a big rod in my femur that was, I don't know, about that long. Went from my hip down to about my knee. Holy shit! And uh, yeah, when I put, when I uh, would squat, that thing would shear my glute. I actually have the, I actually have the rod right here. I can probably show you guys. You're kidding me! You I see oh, this thing. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a second. Sh- so it was shearing his glute. It was like ripping away. Holy oh, shit! God. I feel like a lot of people would smash their leg up like that and they'd never train again. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Get it removed. Let's just take this out. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. I love that we have this. This is a. I know, right? <laughs> One second. I have the rod. This is amazing. Hey, what's going on, guys? I'm going to take a brief moment to shout out our sponsors. I'll make it quick, but this stuff's super important because it's our sponsors that help to make this show possible. If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be here. And if it wasn't for you shopping with our sponsors, we wouldn't be here either. You can support our programming by shopping with truenutrition.com. They're our title sponsor. They've supported us for a number of years. They have awesome health and performance supplements. You can ask Skip or Dusty or Scott Stevenson all about True Nutrition and they'll tell you how good of a company they are. Hardcore bodybuilders have trusted them for over 15 years now. Use our code THINK, you'll get some savings, you'll support our programming. If you're in Canada, you can shop with supplementsource.ca. They have highly discounted supplements, discounts on bulk orders, and free shipping over $99. Check them out. And finally, you can directly support our programming on Patreon. I'll have links below for Patreon and everything else. We're taking more questions over there, and I appreciate everybody who's already helping to directly support our programming through our Patreon. All right, guys, thanks for hanging with me. Let's get back to the show. You can hear it. You hear it? I didn't hear it. <laughs> I'm excited. Me too. I'm I gotta back. see this thing. So okay. Here's my hardware. This is the rod that was in my femur. Holy shit. There we go. Dude. There we go. More in the middle. There we go. Yeah. This wow. was in my femur. Bonkers. And then this this bolt right here went through here. And into my into my hip. Wow. And then um, I got these two. I haven't pulled this hard around in a long time. But I got these two guide rods huh. that would run down the side. And then I have these screws. I'm going to show you something here. Here's one of my screws. And then here's the other one. And you notice this one's broke because I snapped this screw in half while training. Huh. Not quite sure how it happened. But I got x-rays one day and one of my screws was just snapped so when i would squat this thing right here is so long that the back end of it would shear my glute so if i if i squatted past parallel i would just feel this sharp pain in my glute oh Oh, god yeah so i went and seen my doctor and i told him hey i I can't squat to depth i need to pull my hardware out no kidding oh yeah what did he say to that yeah see like are you nuts yeah i mean honestly i i didn't realize it would be such a a gnarly surgery. Yeah. So I said, I was on crutches for, I don't know, about uh, almost a year total with this surgery. Wow. So, or with this, with, yeah, with this injury. So the first one, 
I, uh, I was on crutches for about six months. And then I realized that we realized that I had a non-union. So what we had to do is we had to pull this hardware out, replace it with bigger hardware because that femur never healed. And oh, what sure. they did is they, they wallowed out the inside of my femur and used that bone to fill in that dead space where I had that non-union. Right. After that, I was on crutches for about another four months. So it was about 10 months on crutches. And then I finally get into, into training and I realized like, hey, I mean, I, I can't be that guy that can't squat to death. This is bullshit. You know, yeah. I don't want to have excuses. So we, I discussed it with the doctor and, and we decided we could pull out the hardware. But I'm telling you, this thing being ripped out of your femur is a bitch. It's I didn't really, I thought, go get my heart <laughs> on me. No, I had a plate on, on my shin and this hardware and bolts through my hip. So I was on crutches for about another, I think another six weeks after that. And, that, one, yeah, that one was rough. I didn't realize that I wouldn't be so hardcore. And you guys didn't know, but it wasn't until he had it removed that he could actually make heavyweight. Before that, he was a super. I believe it. Look at that fucker. Yeah, at this point in time, my my leg was probably this big around. I mean, that left leg. I, uh, I, had, such a journey, I had such a journey to bring this thing back. That's crazy. When and was that? When did you When did you have that removed? What year? Uh, had it removed, I think, in fifteen. I broke my leg in thirteen, and then um, I mean, to be honest, this is. I mean, that's what got me into the gym. I never, I never really trained before that. I did a little bit, but um, it was you know mostly just to try to have you know big arms. Like you know, I wasn't. I never trained legs. I wasn't. I, I, I remember. I like how. I, I like how you started training in 13 and by 2015, you were so committed. You needed to squat to depth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was only two years and you were like depth or death. Yeah. yeah. I can't be one of those pussies. That's making an excuse for not squatting to depth. What, what does the shirt say? Depth before dishonor. Is that what it yeah, says? yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. Powerlifting shirt. What, what is the, um, so this is a question now I actually have is, when did you realize that bodybuilding was the thing? I mean, because it's an interesting. You didn't go back to riding your bike. Well, I tried. Okay, I did. Try. I did try. So when I I ended up, it's a funny story. I broke my leg again. That's trying so funny. to get back. <laughs> I know. I know. Stupid story. So once I got uh, load bearing on my on my leg. I had like a road bike, so I was cycling and I was just trying to get back on my bike. Two years later, I finally do it. I'm, I'm back riding my BMX bike and um, I end up going to a skate park and I'm in, Port in, in Portland with one of my friends and uh, I end up kind of bailing over the handlebars into the bowl and I land on the flat bottom, but I have my leg, my leg landed really straight, so I hyperextended my leg. Mm -hmm. And I thought that I just grenaded my knee because immediately my, my knee just swelled up like a grapefruit well we go to the hospital and i get x-rays and i had a plateau fracture on that tibia so what that is it's the it's the top of your bone from the pressure coming down it it fractured the top so i had like Whew. three hairline fractures around the top of my tibia on the mm -hmm. same leg i had broken so that was another eight weeks on crutches so after spending a year on crutches a year rehabbing i get back on my bike and i break that fucking leg again Hmm. So then, that was then, that when you realized you should not do this anymore, or what? Yep, I was I was over it. I was fucking over it. 
and and what was it about bodybuilding? I'm just curious. I mean, because something clicks. You you didn't go to the gym. I mean, were you searching for something to put that competitive focus into, or was it just luck, or what? I don't think you know. I don't think consciously, but yeah, absolutely. You know, I started. You know, at that point in time, I start training five days a week, and I start you know being progressive in the gym, and it just became my thing. And that mm-hmm. was initially just to get back, just to not wither away when I broke my leg. You know, I wanted to stay in shape. I want to be able to make a fucking strong return and ride my bike again. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I just kind of fell in love with, with training. You know, I, I remember it, it went from me not wanting to train too hard. Cause I didn't want to be sore riding my bike to me not riding my bike because I didn't want to be too sore to train. I remember <laughs> that. I remember that happening. That's freaking awesome. I, I, I get that. So I think a lot of people will dig that because I feel like a lot of even great bodybuilders, but bodybuilders in general came from something else, right. whether it was injury or what, they kind mm-hmm. of stumble into this train wreck that we're all a part of. I know. You know, and, and it wasn't even about competitive bodybuilding. I bought that gym and me and my wife ran the gym for two years before I ever um, started bodybuilding. Oh, no bodybuilding. kidding. Yeah, huh. yeah. So there was a member in my gym that, um, he's a friend of mine, he competed, he actually just did men's physique. And he wanted to do classic. And I told him, I was like, dude, do classic. You got the shape for it. Just fucking do it. Put it on board shorts like a sissy and do it. <laughs> All right. And he called me out and said, if uh, if you do it, I'll do it. So I uh, thought, nah, fuck it. I'll do it. Let's do it. I thought I was going to do classic. Well, at that point in time, I'm natural. I'd never taken anything. And um, I remember I, I took 500 milligrams of testosterone because I linked up with a coach. He just gave me, it was two cc's of test. Real simple. I blew up to, I was like 185 and I got up to like 205 and we started prep at like 205. Mm-hmm. I finished, I finished that prep at, at, at 200. <laughs> <laughs> I lost, I lost five pounds that whole prep. Nice. So I, I barely sucked down. I remember we sauntered like crazy and I barely sucked down into light heavies that year. I was still like 15 pounds off my weight cap for classic. So that was, yeah, that's how, that's how it all came about. So classic That's was over awesome. before it began. Classic was over before it began. Yeah. And I thought, honestly, I thought, I remember, I remember that was like when Breon was doing his thing. I was like that. I could get behind. I think I could do that. I like, I like that. Yeah. Like I shit. I'm too big. Well, yeah. And then I okay, got, I'm too big. Fuck it. <laughs> Good problem. That's, that was a question somebody had though. So I'm, I'm glad you answered that. We, do we I got one more for him? Yeah. Let me, let me. Oh, this is an important I'm, one from looking uh, at the time here. Some guy named the Boston Mass says, "Uh oh, could you beat Guy Sister Nino? Could I beat?" <laughs> uh, I read that, and laughed immediately. The answer no. is no, because you can't make two twelve. No, I can't make two twelve. <laughs> there you go. Yep. I answered that one for you. In a fist fight, maybe. <laughs> i love it i love it oh that's good shit okay yeah i, th- I think that's oh, it because man. the only other one that i had that i that had my interest off to ask you about is uh to ask justin about the homeless crackhead lady well that homeless crackhead lady uh took a ride on my handlebars and, oh, that's oh, her. That's okay, cool. okay. Yeah. I was like, "How many homeless crackheads do you know?" <laughs> I got, a, I got a fucking plethora of them. Good friends of mine. But no, you know, that that chick, oddly enough, was perfectly fine. Nothing happened to her. 
she slid down the concrete. She had some road rash on her ass, and she left perfectly fine that day. Did she ever like try to friend you on Instagram or anything? Oh no, thank God. <laughs> yeah, I know. I never heard of her. She never came back to you for child support. That's good. No. Nope. Um. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so, Ron, so one, one thing. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, you go. You go. Okay. So I noticed on last episode, I watched it. Uh-oh. And you said your your favorite part of the weekend, your funniest part of the weekend, was me telling a story about shitting myself. Oh yeah, I didn't get that one. Oh, I definitely did that. <laughs> I didn't know if you wanted to tell that story again. I didn't want to like make you tell it. But it's, it's fine. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind. It's amazing. Okay, we got. I got to set this up. He tells this story. We're in the hotel room with Ben and Fuad and Hunter and Liv and and Jamie. Big Jamie's there and. And um, Paul's there, and etc. And he tells this story and just slays the room. So, go for it. Well, I'll give a little bit of context for that story. So, so I had got uh, kind of like the c word. I don't know if I can say the vid during my prep of for USA's. So mm-hmm. I lost my sense of smell. I lost my sense of smell for like a whole fucking year. I'm just now getting it back. So anyway, I'm. Uh, I'm cooking some chicken. I usually have my wife smell the chicken. Like, hey, is this is it still good? She wasn't around. I couldn't smell it. Oh, fuck it. I uh, I end up cooking this chicken, and uh, I think it's fine. I don't know. I couldn't smell it. Whatever. Oh god. So I eat this chicken. I got it prepped. I got chicken breast prepped, and I'm like, when well, I'm like 11 weeks out. So I, I eat I eat this chicken breast for about three days, and um, my wife and I have a trip planned on Saturday. Uh, Matt told me he had a cheat meal, and we were gonna actually go to we're gonna fly to Seattle. And we're just going to go for the day. You know, we're going to walk around Pike's Place, go to the market, eat some food. You know, I have just just a day in Seattle. It's just going to be a fun little spontaneous trip. So we wake up that morning and um, yeah, I'm not, I don't feel great, but I'm, I've, I'm not worried. I feel okay. And I go, fuck it. Let's just go. You know, it's going to be fun. We got this plan. Trips are, you know, paid for. <clears throat> I get to the airport and I'm sitting there waiting to board my plane. And I just start sweating. I go, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> See that Key and Peele skit where uh, I think he's talking to his wife about clearing the search history. And it just looks like somebody's <laughs> dumping a fucking glass of water down his head. <laughs> that, was, that was me in the airport. Right before I board my plane, I'm going, oh, fuck. What, what is going on? So I go into the bathroom and I just fucking blow the place up. <laughs> and I, I'm committed. I mean, I'm, my, my luggage is getting boarded on the plane. We're going. So I get on the plane. Fuck it. I get there and I'm just shitting every 20 minutes. I mean, I can't control myself. We're walking around, you know, Pike's place, the little market, little fish market there. And I'm just running to the bathroom every 10 minutes to, to fucking shit. Oh God. Yeah. So it's awful. And, uh, I end up just going back to the car. We got to rent a car and I'm just like, I'm going to go lay down. You enjoy your day. I'm done. (laughs) I'm just laying in the car, just silently suffering. And we're, it's parked close enough to where there's a bathroom that I could get to. I said, so I had to go to the bathroom a few times. Well, about halfway through the day, I start feeling a little bit better. And, um, I, we go and we get some, uh, some Pedialyte and I'm drinking some Pedialyte because I know I'm dehydrated. And, uh, we end up going to dinner. She eats some food. I couldn't really eat. Whatever. Well, we get back to the we get to the airport, and I'm sitting at the airport, and my wife goes, "Hey, do you um, you want to watch the bags? I'm gonna go to the bathroom real quick." And I told her, I said, "Well, you fucking be quick because I'm 
I'm telling you, I could shit my pants at any fucking second now. <laughs> so I'm sitting there because you know you can't leave your bags at the airport. Yeah. So I can't. Yeah. Leave so I'm sitting there and I'm I'm holding my bags and my fucking butt's quivering. I'm just sitting there shaking. I'm going, holy fucking hurry. Oh God. Well, it just hits me, <laughs> and I just start filling my my pants with shit. Oh my God. And I, book it so i'm running down the terminal and i'm wearing a pair of shorts luggage left behind down. right luggage left behind now or you got that oh, yeah it was an emergency so i'm running down the terminal and i'm just i've just got liquid shit just fucking running down my legs oh my god i mean it was a total disaster oh my i god. charge in the ba- i charge in the bathroom i throw open the stall first thing i do is i take my shirt and my hoodie off I throw my shit off because I'm always wearing fucking long shirts. I strip my pants down. I fucking blow shit all over the place because I'm, I'm, I mean, it's just, oh, it's just it's so gnarly. It's so bad. And um, so I totally unload. I'm fully covered in shit. And at this point, I'm completely naked. <laughs> I keep my shoes off and everything. So I've got, I've got poop running down my legs. I've got poop on my ass. I've got poop down my fucking, on the front of me. I mean, shit, there's shit absolutely everywhere. And I'm trying to clean up with single ply toilet paper. <laughs> the worst, you know, the you worst. Know, I mean, I'm, I'm. Uh, there's no amount of toilet paper is going to make this right. So, <laughs> at this point, I hear my name being called over the intercom. Oh shit! And it says Justin Shire. We're boarding the plane. We're looking for Jasmine Shire and Justin Shire. And I hear my wife is right outside the door. She's saying, "Hurry the fuck up!" I said, "Fucking goddamn it! I can't. I'm fucking. I've got shit everywhere. What the fuck do I do?" So. <laughs> I, the the whole bathrooms. I mean, it's you guys know it's a, it's the Seattle airport, and there's a lot of fucking people in the bathroom. Yeah. So I I go out into the bathroom, I'm completely naked, and I start <laughs> grabbing paper towels. I'm grabbing paper towels while there's about six guys washing their hands right there. I go, hey, how you doing? I grab fucking paper towels. I rub back in. I'm rubbing myself down. And luckily, I brought a few changes of clothes, so I didn't know what the weather was going to be like in Seattle. I, I so I brought some shorts. I brought some joggers. So I have my wife bring me in some clothes and uh, I wipe myself off. I get as clean as possible and I board the plane. Well, that whole plane ride back, I am, uh, I'm just hunched over and I'm like shaking. I'm like shivering the whole time. Like I'm, I'm, uh, my muscles are contracting and I'm like spasming. I don't know what the fuck's going on. My wife's like trying to pat me on the back. I said, don't fucking touch me. It hurts. My skin hurts. Yeah. So we get up, we get off the plane, and I'm like shivering and shaking. And I'm like, "What the fuck is going on?" And uh, we end up rushing to the hospital. She takes me to the hospital, and this lady puts me in this room by myself. And of course, they think I've got the c word. Sure, of course. Yeah, I, I said, "I've got fucking diarrhea, lady. I don't have COVID." Uh, anyway, they put me in this room, and I told this lady, "I said, hey, um, where's the nearest bathroom?" Because I don't have any control over what's going on right now. And I'm worried I'm going to shit myself. She says, we can't allow you to leave the room until your, until your test comes back negative. Oh God. So, that was her mistake right there. You she, tried. She says, yeah, she goes, so think happy thoughts. She shuts the door. She did not say that. She said that I said, I'm, I'm going to think happy thoughts while I spray shit all over this room. So, Luckily, I didn't end up shitting myself. They brought me in a in a commode and they pumped me full of fluids. Wow. 
and uh, send me home about three hours later. It turns out I didn't have COVID, but I had, I got my, uh, my test back. And what it was is uh, compilobacter jejuni, which is just a fancy word for, for food poisoning. No kidding. It's a fancy word for you ate fish that smelled and your wife wasn't there to smell it. My wife wasn't there. <laughs> yeah. So when we left the hospital, I ended up shitting my pants one more time. Well, actually twice. So I'm, <laughs> I'm leaving the hospital and I say, hey, is this, is this bathroom uh, available? No, it wasn't being cleaned. And I go, fuck. So I'm booking down the hallway of the hospital. Sure enough, I don't make it. I shit myself. Right? So I clean up. Fucking disaster. I throw away another pair of shorts, get in the car, and I'm driving home with my wife. Well, we're driving down the, in- we're driving down the interstate, and it's a busy highway, and I got to go. So I have her pull off on the side of the road, and I run to the edge of the road, and there's cars flying by. And first thing I do again, I just take my shirt off because I don't want to. You know, I'm just about to make a mess. I throw my pants down, and I'm just spray shitting all over the side of the highway. I've got no control. I've got nothing, nothing I can do. I'm either going to shit in my feet or going to shit on the side of the road. So I drop my pants, and I'm just shitting in this ditch. And what I, I remember this happening, and I'm like, at this point, I'm it's not fun. I'm crying. Yeah. So my fucking foot slides out. Oh, no. And oh, God. I, I, like, spin sideways, and I slide down this ditch. So I'm, like, rotating and shitting and crying. Oh. And like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm such a fucking mess at this point. <laughs> and I finally, like, I, cars are driving by and honking because, I mean, it's a super busy road. And all they see is this 250-pound naked bodybuilder just shitting all over the road. It just and got it worse. Was, like, I thought it was done. Out. And it got like, no, Jesus. No, but the, airport, the airport shit was, was just the beginning. Wow. That, day, that day wasn't bad. I had, like, diarrhea, but, like, at that point, it was just like projectile liquid shit that just didn't stop all night. So, we, do you we, think we, that we, it lasted so long because you ate bad chicken for like two, for three days? Right? I did. I ate the shit for like three days. <laughs> so, and the, the shit lasted like a full twenty four hours. hours. Oh, wow. No, it was. I'm telling you, it was like three days, four yeah. days, where I had to stay in my bed and be that close to my bathroom. Good God. Um, it was, I've never ever had it like this. And I'm ten fucking ten weeks out from nationals. Oh wow. So when I when I finish shitting myself on the side of the road, I end up cleaning up and I, I don't have I don't have so I end up cleaning up with like clothes. So I like I took my shirt off, I wipe my ass with my shirt, I fucking throw my shirt on the side of the road. What do you do? Yeah. Nothing I can do. I end up pulling my pants back up and they had poop in them and there was nothing I could do. I had nothing. So I like I just Fucking took that ride home in a pair of shoes. Ride of shame. God bless your wife. That's all I have to say. Yeah, she's the best. Yeah, so we end up going, and I'm like, I got to get some Pedialyte something. I need some fluids. And we're in the store because when I I, I left the hospital, I'm in a town that's 30 minutes from my house, and I'm shitting my pants every 10 minutes. So we go in, and I get some, uh, some Pedialyte, and I'm looking for diapers. I'm thinking, I mean, I'm like, what do I do? I got to do something. I mean, I'm shitting myself every 10 minutes. So I'm trying to find like adult diapers. I couldn't end up finding adult diapers. So I ended up just shitting on the side of the road instead. Holy crap. Unbelievable. It was such a disaster. Dude, I've done about a thousand plus podcasts now. 
And I honestly <laughs> think this was the craziest story that I've heard on a podcast. I'm not kidding. Yeah, right like now. That's, you were near death, dude. Like yeah. when you shit yourself for three days like that, people can die. Dude, I'm I so when I got off that airplane, because you know what happens on an airplane. I mean, there's a reason why you're fucking holding water. So I think it pulled that water. Yeah. But the, any intramuscular water I had left yeah. into your system. Into my system. So like I'm telling you, I was I was like but I was basically like, I felt like I was seizuring. Yeah. I was like, there, like every muscle yeah. kept contracting and I had no control over what was going on. I mean, it was scary. It actually was actually pretty scary. Were you like 20 yeah, I mean, pounds down after, you know, like, like yeah. after you got oh, home yeah. and stuff? Yeah. yeah, I dropped weight. And you know what? You know, you guys know, I mean, I, we, I keep a fucking log book. I track my progression. I went back into the gym after a week. So I didn't train for a week because I was fucked up. And I remember I had in my log book, I had four plates, a quarter and a 10 on the hammer strength machine. That next week, it was three plates and a quarter. And I fucking yeah. never, I never got it back. You're kidding. The whole prep. Huh. I mean, at that point in time, like 10 weeks out, nine weeks out, food's getting lower. I'm doing more cardio. Yeah. Just fucking, and just never came back. You need That's like wild. three weeks of surplus. Yeah, I could, yeah. like Matt fed you me know. up. He did. He fed, he fed me up. It was like, what do you do? I mean, we're, you know, by the time you I was like, be ready. Did you try creatine? Did you try creatine? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I had a mass gainer. Oh my God. <laughs> Unreal. Yeah, it was, it was fucking. Oh man, because I've, I've, yeah, I've had some, I've had three really horrific uh, food poisoning stories, but they were all 12 hours of hell. Right. And I never like shit my pants in an airport, man. That's crazy. This was was like three days straight. I mean, my, my butthole was beat up. Prison you never got that, that back either. It was never the same. <laughs> <laughs> it was fucking bad. Yeah, it was terrible. Oh, God. That's freaking amazing. Yeah. Well, that, oh, honestly, like, the sense of smell, man, that's, that's, a, um, that's a really important key to survival. You know, we're supposed to be able to smell things. As you've demonstrated yeah. how, just how important yeah. it is. <laughs> Good God. Yeah. Yeah. Be afraid. Old. Yep. Thanks, man. Uh, it was awesome to have you on. I'm glad you told that yes. one. I didn't want to bug you for it. But, no, um, no, I'm glad I did. I'm always, I'm always down to tell a humiliating story. That was gold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's about time. It's about time we had you on. We've had a lot of people yeah. ask, and um, and just seeing yep. it was good to see. You know, I like seeing the new. You know, as an old guy, I like seeing the new generation of guys come up yep. and have something to offer the fans. And you know, it's pretty clear that. You know, it, it takes more than just trophies to be valuable in the industry. You know, it takes, you know, some personality and ability to engage. So uh, it's Absolutely. good to see you guys doing your thing over there. Yeah. Well, I definitely appreciate you guys bringing me on. I know we talked about it at the Arnold, and um, I'm happy to be here. I really appreciate it. I think this went well. It was fun. No doubt. Okay. Cheers, man. Good to have you on All the right, show. Yeah, Shire, everybody. All right, guys. Remember, Thank you. it's just bodybuilding. <laughs>